Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to the Learn Opportunity Podcast. We're here to help you get unstuck and start creating your future. I had a client for my career consulting business that felt stuck. He was feeling like he didn't have much opportunity to start creating his future. What he said to me was that he fell into the job that he was in. And I challenged that thought and I said, you didn't fall into where you are. You did repeatable actions that you can apply to a new goal that will help you create your future and create opportunities. You didn't just end up where you are. You did things that helped you to get where you are right now. And so that is what this podcast is about. Join us as we listen to subject matter experts share how they have created opportunities in their own personal and professional lives, how they've gotten unstuck and started creating their own future. These podcast episodes focus on giving you resources and tools so that you can apply best practices, repeatable actions to your own life goals so that you can start learning how to create opportunity in your personal and professional life. So join us. We're ready. Let's get started and start applying opportunity, creating best practices to our lives. Thanks for listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. Hey, I'm really excited for our guest today. It is Bo Turner co-founder of Boco Collective Marketing, and also the founder of something that's called The Truck Stop. This is something new coming to Terre Haute and Indianapolis, and I'm really excited for you to hear a bit about that. But why I had Bo Turner on here is she is somebody who is always asking questions. She's famously curious and is out there to help you design your own world. But that is something that I really enjoyed that she says in this interview is that she has learned over time that we design the world that we live in. So what is it that you want in the world? Well, you can have the opportunity to actually create the things that you are desiring and wanting for the world. For example, I really want you to have more opportunities in your personal and professional life. So that's why I do this podcast and I am writing a book all about how to gain more opportunities, get unstuck and start creating your future. So I'm hoping to design the world that I live in where more people create opportunities for their future life so that they're able to thrive instead of just get by. That's another thing that Bo does talk about a lot is that she is an avid solo traveler. She just likes getting out there and exploring and has gotten over some different mindsets about why she shouldn't solo travel. There's a lot that might prevent you from doing the things that you are wanting to do and creating and designing the world that you want to live in. And Bo goes over a lot of the the ways that we can overcome those things. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you sign up for our email list if you would like more updates from me. You can go to danieleckles.com. And you can find an email list sign up there where you can start getting more resources, podcast release announcements, blog posts, uh, personal life updates from me, and other things that will help you start creating your future and get unstuck from where you are at this moment. So without further ado, let's get to this conversation with Bo Turner. 
Hi there. Welcome to Learned Opportunity Podcast. This is Daniel. We're here to help listeners get unstuck and start creating their future. Today we have Bo Turner and she's the co-founder of Boco Collective Marketing and also the founder of something called The Truck Stop. And those are just a couple of things about you, Bo, but what was actually important for listeners to know about you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and share my story. My name is Bo Turner. I was adopted from China when I was one years old, and I'm very proud of that, of being adopted and just kind of understanding and diving deeper into my culture as I've gotten older and experiencing, you know, what is it like to be from a different background growing up in Indiana. But on top of that, I love food. I'm a big traveler. I solo travel a lot. So that's a big passion of mine. We'll definitely travel for food. I am not a picky eater. I'll try anything once. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I grew up in Indiana. I love traveling around and, you know, having my core base and family here. Um, But I definitely would consider myself pretty nomadic if I could be for a bunch of different reasons. But so I guess two questions from that. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever eaten? And, and then the second question, we'll get back to that, is uh, just the, the most, I don't know, the scariest incident traveling by yourself. I, the weirdest thing I've ever eaten is duck blood. <laughs> that was in China. It was just like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily a consistency thing because it wasn't, slime. I guess it was. It was just like the flavor and... The texture just wasn't my favorite, but I wanted to try it because like, why not? Yeah. And also I ate like a, a bird, like a chicken or something out of tinfoil, out of like just street food in China. And that was cool. It was very good, but yeah, you just pick out all the bones, the the skin, just everything. Just like a bird wrapped up in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Like just like a sparrow sort of bird? <laughs> like, I think- small chicken. I think it was a tiny chicken okay. or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, All right. And then traveling by yourself. I, I don't think a lot of people do that just because the, it, it maybe sounds freaky to them. There's maybe some risk or, you know, what if something happens? Has there been anything like that that has happened? No, no I've been really fortunate to have really positive solo travel experiences. And it is, I mean, yeah, there is risk involved, but the reward is so amazing being able to do what you want whenever you want and not having that pressure of having to accommodate somebody else's needs. I mean, it's also me being a little selfish. It's like, I want to do what I want to do. If I want to sit here on this rock and look across the ocean for five hours or five minutes, then I can do that. Mm. It's actually solo traveling has forced me to branch out and meet other people that I never would have if I was with friends or even with one other person, because you stay in different places. Like I stay in hostels when I solo travel, I'm not staying in a hotel or an Airbnb. It's a very social experience. Mm -hmm. All of my favorite travel stories are solo travels actually. So what, what was the first instance where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm going, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it was kind of forced in a sense. Like I studied abroad when I was in college, my senior, the, before my summer before my senior year of college. 
I went to Shanghai, China. I had no idea. I've never been back since I was adopted when I was a baby. So that was my one chance to, you know, experience the culture and learn and actually live over there for about six weeks. And then on the way back from China, I stopped in Japan before I came back to the United States. And that was kind of my first, you know, taste of traveling alone, like completely alone without anybody around me, you know, the language is different. The good thing is, is everybody in the world speaks somewhat a bit of English, especially if you travel to like bigger cities, there's always English translation on signs, there's Google Translate, like there's a lot of different resources and I can go into an entire other episode about traveling. Um, We're gonna start a new podcast here, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, ever since then, it's just like, if it's domestic travel, I, I also don't want, people never feel like they need somebody else to travel with. Like if you want to go to Utah or Alaska or Iceland, like go for it. You just eat yourself and you'll make friends along the way. I think that one thing that definitely prevents people is a mindset, of course, or what I like to call a limiting belief. So it's getting over those limiting beliefs of, oh, I can't do this unless I have this. And that's where, I mean, the subject of the podcast is opportunity lies is we first have to get over our preconceived notions or unlearn some, some limiting beliefs that we have. But did that kind of come easy to you just because it was travel or are there other areas that you're like, oh, it was more of a struggle to overcome this mindset to really gain opportunity? Yeah, it's going to sound bad. But once I got over my limiting belief that people care what I'm doing, hmm. And, and it, so like, let me explain. It's like, people don't care about what you're doing. If mm -hmm. you are sitting on a train, you're walking down the street to the grocery store in your own city or a different country, no one's going to be like, why is she by herself or something? Like you're just a normal person. It's like, once I got over that fact of nobody cares about what I'm doing in this city, that it's so relieving and free not thinking that people are going to judge you. Actually, they're probably more likely to notice you if you are thinking yeah. that someone might notice you. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, like in a big city, we just got back from New York City and mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, just act like you know where you're going and no yeah. one will bother you. If you yeah. look questionable, people are going to be like, hey, here's this thing I'm handing out in Times Square or whatever. I mean, they'll still probably do that at Times Square anyway, even if you are looking like you know where you're going. But that's just Times Square. So, yeah, I think that that's really a good connection there, too. Um uh, of just like one the mindset and that doesn't have to be just with travel i mean that's that's for a lot of things that's for finding opportunities for work that's starting your own business that's wanting to be in a relationship there are a lot of limiting beliefs and factors to that where you are at kind of right now in the introduction we were talking a little bit about um so the marketing the boco collective and then also the founder of the, the truck stop can you tell us a, a little bit about both of those things Yes, Boco Collective is a social media marketing and creative agency. We work with a lot of startup businesses throughout Indiana, Terre Haute, Indianapolis, and Park County area. 
We have a really awesome contract with the Small Business Development Center where we are their marketing consultants for a bunch of their clients. So that we've been really fortunate to work with amazing people that are starting businesses, that have existing businesses, and just providing those free resources to them. We also love social media management, so running people's Instagrams, Facebooks, telling their story, and helping take off that weight of marketing. It gives us a lot of joy because we like to do it. We love sharing stories, and it lets the business owners Go back to what they love doing is being in their business. Boca Collective, we opened a couple of years ago in the midst of COVID. So my business partner, Courtney, she is all things creative, the photographer, designer, websites, and I'm on the project management sales side. And we just hired a full-time employee. Her name is Peyton, and she's been amazing. And we're very blessed and excited to have her on the team. Awesome. The truck stop is a food truck park in Indianapolis and Terre Haute. So it's built on having neighborhood food truck parks that are full of different cuisines, helping promote that, you know, supporting those small food truck owners and having your own basically neighborhood food truck park is the, is the dream. I love traveling and love food. So whenever we do travel, we always look for the best foodie destination while we're there. And we, my partner and I recently went to Portland, Oregon last fall. I was wondering. And- <laughs> He's a big foodie as well. If you've ever, I, I know, yeah, you've been, I'm sure. I um, lived in the Portland area for four years. Yeah. I'm yes! just like, I'm like, oh, the truck stop. I bet that this is a food cart pod in the making. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is. And yeah, fell in love with that and how the food is just so good. Mm-hmm. Eat there all the time because you can have a variety of things that you want to eat. It's all reasonably priced. You can just go there with your group of friends. Everybody gets something different, try something different they've never done and just kind of hang out. So very much loved how there was just little food truck pods and cart pods just everywhere throughout the city. So everybody had like their own little destination, no yeah. matter where yeah i mean even and we were in a smaller town that was like 30 miles outside of portland in the beginning of the wine country down there called newburg it's as like maybe twenty thousand people and we even had our own food cart like pod <laughs> and stuff yeah. but it was great i mean that was like my favorite thai restaurant was the food cart pod one not the ones that were in an establishment because they were more specialized and individual. So I forget where I first saw that something about the truck stop. I think it might've been on LinkedIn, but I was like, oh man, I really got to, you know, reach out to Bo here and, and hear a little bit more about that. But I I guess that's a great connection too, of you came up with these things and you wouldn't have had necessarily some of those ideas or opportunities that you are currently working on unless you traveled or have taken some of the risks or gotten over some limiting beliefs or things that you've done before. So where have you kind of found opportunity and, and like connect those four listeners where like your personal life and your professional life have kind of come together? Yeah. Everything where I found opportunity is through people. It's sharing your dream and what you're passionate about and people just naturally want to be a part of it. And if they don't, then they know people who are, and that's the best part about being an entrepreneur and just kind of just sharing your dream. It's whenever I meet somebody new, I always want to ask, you know, I don't care what you do or, you know, what your career is, like, what is your passions in life? And are you living those right now? Because that really truly defines a person versus their nine to five. And then if your nine to five does align with your passions, then even better. So that's something that I've 
my mentor also mentioned this. This is a line that she had. It was, you design the world, you live it. So I wanted to have a food truck park. I wanted to eat at these establishments. Mm. I'm like, why can I not find this? I don't want to hunt these trucks everywhere. Like, why is there no home for them? There's so many in Indianapolis. I just keep finding more and more the longer I go on this journey. So design the world you live in. And mm. that's kind of the food truck park stems from. It's also rooted in diversity as well. Me being Asian and American, I would love to see more ethnic and diverse cuisines in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are amazing people out there. I mean, there is a lot of diversity in Indianapolis. It's just how can we also empower those people to open up food establishments or open up a food truck and share their culture? Because in my opinion, like eating food and learning about someone's culture that way is one of the most fun ways. Then for Boko, so I love travel and I wanted to have the flexibility to travel and not be tied down to an office location. So be a remote worker, a digital nomad in a sense. And this was before COVID when you know, I was trying to figure out my path and what I was wanting to do in life. And I saw a TikTok video, actually. It was a girl who said, hey, do you want to travel and, you know, just work remote? Yes. And actually, my best friend sent me this TikTok and she used the term digital nomad. And that just kind of was that uh. term, that term that I had never heard of, but it really meant a lot to me. And describe what I was trying to find. So opening up this marketing agency allows me to work remote 80% of the time and be able to travel around, have that flexibility and make my own schedule and just really, you know, take life by the reins. Awesome. Yeah. So you said that it was from the TikTok from there. What were you doing before? Because I was during COVID and that was, and now you're doing like two like really cool things, starting your own things, two separate things. What was kind of going on before all of this was happening? Yeah, I worked at Indiana State University in the marketing office. I worked there a couple of years as a project manager. I also was a student there in the office and I worked all four years. So total six years in this marketing office, just working a bunch of different jobs. I love marketing, but you know, higher education, it was my time. I was just kind of done with it. A lot, bunch of my friends also left the office. There's a big cultural change at the university. So I was looking for another opportunity to begin with. Then COVID hit. My business partner, Courtney, also one of my best friends. So I did go into business with my best friend. And so we can go on to that. And, but she also unfortunately got laid off from her job at a staffing agency. Mm-hmm. And so this was really the push for her to dive deeper into her full-time freelance. And I joined on as a project management side because we both have skills that we don't have in each other. So it's a good partnership. So what would you say, looking back, reflecting on that transition, that liminal space of just like from here to now, from there till now, what are some reflections, best practices, things that you covered along that way that you're like, if I ever need to pivot again, if I ever need to create opportunity for myself in a similar way, which you kind of are doing with, with truck stop. What are the things that you learned from starting Boco that you can apply to any other future opportunity like the truck stop? Yeah, we have really built our success on relationships and treating people in a positive manner. So, you know, reaching out to people, having that personal touch, especially with COVID, it can be easy just to jump on a zoom call or, 
um, just kind of text over, you know, over different things, but there's nothing that beats the face-to-face -face interaction. So we really strive to provide that to people if they are locals to meet them in person and asking them, what are your pain points? Like, how can we help you? And if I can't help you, I'll keep this in mind for somebody else that can't help you down the road. As for opportunity that I found, it's surrounding yourself by people that are positive um, and that also are better than you in so many different ways. I like to learn and grow. I want to be around people that are smarter, that are doing really cool, that cooler things than I am and who are very involved in the community because they are the go-getters and I just want to learn from them. So always ask questions. That is a mantra my mom always told me growing up in school. She'd like, always ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions, even in school and in life. So that's what I do. I ask questions all the time. That was my job at ISU. It's my job now. I just ask so many questions and it's fun. It's fun just to learn and explore new things in people's lives, like things I've never even heard of before. And especially being an entrepreneur, you hear about other people's professions and passions that I never even expected to be a thing. Like my friend, I co-work at the Speakeasy in Broad Ripple. Uh -huh. David, he's a magician and he wants to build like a living garden. Like everything in the garden can be edible. I'm like, I didn't even <laughs> think and <laughs> As you get, that's the funniest thing. It's just like a magician that wants to, you know, get into agriculture. I don't even know what to call it. Horticulture. It's oh, so yeah. funny. You really, Bo, have an abundance mindset, I think. Is that something that you have had to grow and develop? It sounds like your mom is a huge part of that abundance mindset of teaching you to always ask questions, be curious, and hang out with other people that have a similar sort of abundance mindset. That's how you probably have gotten to where you are. But how else have you kind of developed that abundance mindset that you have? I just think I'm naturally happy. I listened to a podcast actually, and they said that there are no good and bad decisions. There are just mm. decisions that move you towards and away from your goal. Mm. So when I was starting building Boco, I kept overthinking everything. I'm like, is this a bad decision? Is this a good decision? And I was just listening to a bunch of podcasts at that time. And they mentioned this topic of just decisions moving towards and away from your goal. And it really changed my mindset of, all right, from the information that I have right now, I'm going to make the smartest educational decision. And it's either going to move me towards my goal or away. And if not, then I will adjust. So that is something that I don't like let failure. Mm or people's negativity get me down. I just kind of question like, why did you guys fail? And what can I do differently? Mm. There, was, I reached out to another entity in Indianapolis that also did like food truck brokerage. And I was just asking, I was like, hey, I you know have this idea. I know this is like different than what you do, but I wanted to see like you've been involved in food trucks for 10 years. What have you learned, experienced? And unfortunately they were just not super you know, encouraging, kind of pessimistic mm. and get me down in the beginning. I was like, oh man, now I have to like learn a bunch more stuff. And I'm really glad I talked to them because they gave me a lot of perspectives to think about like, all right, they tried this five years ago. Why did it not work? Was it because of the marketing? Was it because there's not enough foot traffic, like mm. a whole bunch of entities. And it's really made me hone in on how I need to improve and make this better. So it doesn't feel like what they tried to do in the past. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're excited about something and you're learning and then to get like some of that like negativity, I would be super discouraged. I think in that moment, how you kind of maintain that positive mindset or an abundance mindset there too, is there was a lot of space. You, I think you create margin for yourself to reflect on your experiences that you're having. So Somebody who might not have an abundance mindset could have gone there and had that experience, been really discouraged from that, and then just moved on to like the next thing. But it sounds to me like you asking good questions or being curious created some margin for you to reflect and to challenge your own thoughts, challenge any thoughts that might be pessimistic or scarce or whatever it is. Do you find yourself having those sort of reflective moments or have you done something to build that, that skill set or that muscle, if you will? As I am very much in the fact that I just want a food truck park. <laughs> yeah. Really, I just want to go eat at food trucks mm. three times a week. And that's it. So it's like a need that I want to be as a consumer. And that is also kind of help driven the passion. It helps you not to be distracted. You're so focused on that goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that this is not a new concept, like there are thriving cities like mm -hmm. Portland and Austin and everywhere else that is doing that people have figured it out. Just why is it not in Indianapolis and figuring that out? But mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, what's something that you're learning about right now? Learning about land development, all the things I, yeah, just like codes and permitting. And I'm like, do mm. I need, is there any laws against what I'm doing right now? And honestly, there's, there isn't, there's not a lot of laws right now because it's never been done, which is awesome. Because That's great. Yeah. <laughs> barriers to entry I, I'm sure there's going to be some in like five years because that's what they said in Portland I've been talking to an owner up there that owns a, a pod and he's like in the very beginning the laws were super lax there's no regulations and now they're like definitely more structured so right now I'm just kind of winging it in the sense of you know this is what we need so what we're going to do we're going to do it as cost efficient as possible and then we'll just upgrade whenever they force us to mm. Who would have thought, though, that you would be learning about land development? Would you have imagined this a couple of years ago? No. <laughs> yeah. You just no. never know. Never know what you're going to do. So I, I guess then, too, what opportunities has that land development stuff? I mean, obviously, you're you're focused on the truck stop with that. But has there been anything surprising from some of these new things that you're learning that have created new opportunities in other ways? Yes. This kind of ties into marketing in a sense. I'm really excited that my background is in marketing because I think this is a value that I can really add to the food truck owners and in business resources. It's like we can provide, our team can provide marketing assets for their trucks. So we're going to have, I'm building out some content development days where trucks and business owners can come in, they can get 10 professionally edited photos, some short clip videos, and just kind of bulk content create so that they have really good food photos and be able to market themselves in the best way possible for a reasonable cost. And that's one thing I've noticed, not even in, you know, what I guess modeling this off of Portland, it's like, 
whenever I go to food truck pod, they have a social media page and then each truck has their own social media page mm-hmm. in itself and they have food photos there. So people know exactly what they're getting, especially if it's a, not a hamburger or chicken wing, like something a little bit more diverse and exotic. Having photos is super important. Mm-hmm. So that's one avenue that I've learned and hopefully provide a different opportunity for, for food vendors is to give them those marketing, that marketing background for a reasonable cost. And then also the commissary kitchen space is Mm -hmm. something I never thought of building a food truck park, but there's been a lot of feedback and wishes of, you know, could you please have a kitchen on site so that they don't have to pay for a commissary kitchen license. Like it would just be within like the truck stops commissary kitchen space, just having any structure be licensed for a commissary kitchen. So a commercial kitchen in a sense, but yeah, that was something I never thought of or thought I'd get into and different opportunity is that shared kitchen space with just any food vendors and also food trucks. Cool. So when, tell us, when is all of this sort of happening? The truck stop, is that going on right now in some locations or? Yes, the truck stop in Terre Haute is where I'm from, my hometown, and we actually have land there. And we're developing it out right now. So been working with my general contractor to get water. We just got water installed. Yay. Yay. And then we're working on getting electricity so that the trucks are able to park up and not use their loud generators. Don't want that vibe in the environment. So working with, yeah, in Terre Haute for that first location, using that really much as a launch pad to understanding what I need to do in Indianapolis. Still looking for land in Indianapolis. So if anybody has land or leasing, I'm also open to investors that want to buy land and lease it out to me or partner up. So any there's I, I have a couple spots in Probable I've got my eyes on, but yeah, are, that would be an amazing spot. I bet there are, of course, you know, million a million plus dollars. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some opportunities coming up and what we're working on right now in Indianapolis and Terre Haute. But in the meantime, I've just been working on building relationships with the food truck owners and vendors, helping create some of those marketing assets and putting them on the website so that I can support them because I want them to succeed. I want them to, you know, be around forever so that I can eat their food forever. And that is ultimately the goal. Mm. So let's say a listener is wanting something like you want a food truck pod or a food cart pod, whatever you want to call it based off your experience. Let's say that a listener has something like that, that they really desire. What are some resources, steps, advice that you would give a listener who has something, but doesn't know where to start? Yeah. A great resource and place to start is a small business development center. It's the Indiana small business development center, ISBDC. They have branches throughout Indiana. I'm not sure, or I'm sure other states have similar organizations. They are free advisors that you can just set up an appointment with. They will give you all the advice that they can. And they will also connect you with people that um, may specialize in your area, like restaurants or brick and mortar construction. They have those specialized advisors. Very fortunate for that. They also have programming, depending on where you're located in the state that you can tap into in different programs based on your needs and kind of your business. So that can also get you some free resources, free accounting, free marketing, free contracts and stuff like that. Also, they're just a great person to kind of bounce ideas off of, especially 
They have been through many, many small business startups and they know and can give you feedback on what they've experienced from other people, what you should and shouldn't do, and also just direct you in the right direction. Like I had a question about like fire codes. Do I need to, I like emailed my advisor, Courtney. I was like, do I need to like have fire code and like have certain specifications? Mm -hmm. She looked into it for me and then texted me a few days later and she's like, no, you're good. So it's just really nice to have also that, that guidance and help in looking up different things like that, because they are connected. They're very well connected in this, in the city. Another resource is your chamber of commerce to see Mm. what type of programming they have and see if it's a good fit for you. It is a good fit for some people, not for all. Mm -hmm. Oh, YouTube is an amazing free resource. Please utilize all of that content in TikTok and podcasts like that's where I've learned so many of my business things. So let's imagine, Bo, that none of this ever happened. What might have prevented you from going down this, this route? Finances. Mm. Finances are huge. I was, I'm very fortunate. So I had a Fulbright scholarship in college. So I was a president scholar at Indiana State University. So I got tuition and room and board paid for and just really set me up in a good place financially to be able to you know, find a full-time job and have a nest egg to be able to quit my job for to have that comfort of six months. If I made zero income, I would be fine. I also hustled on the side. So building Boco in the first few months, like I bartended, I detailed my friend's cars. I, I don't know. I think those like many main two things that I did to, until we built up Boco, but yeah, really being able to financially take that risk because I mean, that's like the biggest factor in my personal experience and also the support of your mentors and your Mm. either relationship partner or your family. My relationship partner, he is a professional poker player. So he's a very non-traditional job and he really encouraged me and pushed me to take that leap to quit my full-time job and try, you know, you know, doing things on my own. Going all in. Yeah. Going all in. Poker. Um, (laughs) Yes, he was very supportive with that as well and really pushed me to to quit my job. And also my mentor having their encouragement, like you can do this and just, they could have lied to me, but I mean, in a sense, like you just need that words of affirmation to Mm. feel confident too. Mm. So what I'm I'm learning here is if you are interested in some things, it might just be the first step of just continuing to do a little more research, finding organizations and people that are willing to help you. But I think that there are a lot of people out there that are really willing to help you. People want to see you succeed more than maybe you think that they do. Um, So, I mean, there are things like grants, there are organizations like the small business organizations like that in Indiana. So uh, I guess just be encouraged that really you're not as alone as you might believe. And then it's just that encouragement of making sure you're surrounding yourself with other people that are positive and are, are going to encourage you to take some risks, but also be there if you take the risk and you fail to be able to learn from that and then also to have support. Is there anything else that you would add, Bo? I really encourage people to quit their jobs and pursue their passion. It just is so rewarding to work for yourself and to build up your own business. If you're going to work your ass off, then why not work your ass off for yourself? 
and it's just like a cool sense of control. Like I am in complete control of my own destiny. So that's really exciting too, is to learn and grow and just, yeah, just learn a bunch and ask a bunch of different questions. I will say, if you are thinking about, you know, starting a business or side hustle or something, just put it out into the universe. I had been thinking on this truck stop idea for about six months and I was getting really discouraged because it wasn't moving anywhere. And then I made a simple Instagram post on and Facebook mm. that just that introduced myself and my idea. And ever since then is really taken off because everybody was so excited about it. It was very encouraging to see that positive feedback on social media. And then also just started connecting the dots with everything else. Because if I didn't say I wanted to start a food truck park, nobody would know that I wanted to do that. And they couldn't, you know, help me and be a part of this mm -hmm. team. So. Yeah. You need to just ask for what you need <laughs> a lot of the time, put it out there and you get accountability with that too. And yes, it is know. accountable. I'm like, I have to do, <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> you said you want to Bo. So I'm expecting, I'm, I'm expecting to go to a truck stop that has like maybe some Ethiopian food, maybe some like pho or who knows what, you know, a, a good California burrito. I want a, a variety of options. Poutine. Yeah. Oh, that's what the food truck pods were so great about was you could, you know, grab some, some pho and some poutine and have it at the same meal. It was, it was amazing. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to keep an eye on and you let me know when, when you're ready and I'll, I'll come sample the fare for sure. 100%. So, well, how would uh, listeners connect with you, Bo? Anything that you would like to share with them or ways that they can participate in, in all these exciting things that you have going on? Yes. For the truck stop, you can follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. For updates, like real-time updates, that's where I keep the most kind of updated information. It's called the truck stop food. And then for Boco stock, you can, our website and social media are pretty up-to-date. It's just bococollective.com and reach out if you have any yeah, marketing questions or social media needs, branding, websites. And then for just general life, my personal Instagram is called It's Just Bo because people always ask me about my name. They're like, This is short for something. Short for something. I'm like, Nope, it's just Bo. So that's like my personal life. I love that. That's great. That's good branding right there. Well, thank you so much, Bo. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for your time. It's been a real treat. So, and, and thank you listeners too. Join us next time. We're going to continue to help you get unstuck and create your future. Bye.